Hi, I'm Coco. Hi, I'm Hannah. And we, and we are, are the, the Social, Social Girls. Girls. Or maybe not. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Social Girls podcast. Today, we're talking with Mel. Hi, ladies. How are you? Hi. Hi good. Thank you. That's good. Today we're talking about all things goal setting and New Year's Eve. As today we are recording, it's the third of January, so officially it is. The <laughs> first 2022. Monday, twenty twenty two. Yes. Okay, so Mel, we yes. obviously both know a little bit about you. I've met you once yep. <laughs> at a networking <laughs> yeah. event for about two minutes, but I know Coco's three um, times. Three, three times. times. <laughs> yep. Look at that. Um, so we obviously know a little about a little bit about what you do, but just go ahead and. Yeah, let everyone know what you do, what you do for work. Yeah, amazing. So I now own a career consultancy. So what that means is um, I basically, I'm very passionate about people, their careers, their livelihood, what they do. Um, So I run a business that is focused on careers, recruitment, mentorship and career coaching. So way back when I was, um, I guess, going through my career journey, I noticed a lot of things that... Um, didn't sit right with me, but I couldn't really figure out how to get around them in the workplace. Um, So the business kind of started when I I quit my corporate job. Um, I got a coach of my own, but she more so focused on like mindset and that type of thing. Um, And I worked with her for 12 months and then I started doing coaching, but it kind of went full circle and everybody kept asking me about their career and I was like this is very strange so I thought that I was going to go out and be a mindset coach um, but everybody just kept coming back to me for career advice so I mixed that with such a huge part of people's lives though it is yeah, and it's it funny is. once I started working with people the stress in their life is always work yeah. so it's like it blends together. So if you're stressed at home, it's generally, you know, something that's coming from work. Or if you're stressed at work, it's generally maybe something coming from home because you're trying to use both as, I guess, your escape route, route, place. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, blends together. Um, so, yeah, that was really cool. So I kind of noticed that and then pivoted my business into career coaching. Um, and then my work when I was in corporate was within recruitment so then it kind of came back again full circle and clients that I used to work with were coming to me asking me to recruit roles for them um, which was amazing because I realized how much I love that and how much getting somebody uh, a job that they love impacts their life and so rather than opening a recruitment agency I opened a career consultancy so I can do the mentoring the career coaching and the recruitment so that's yeah, that's what I do now and that's, yeah. I guess, a very brief rundown of, of how yeah. it started. it's very cool. It's like this new business that you have, it's combined all of your past lives. It literally <laughs> has. It's like your perfect sort of outcome from all of that. Yeah, and it was funny because it's not until I sat back and reflected on that that I realised it actually does put everything that I love, everything that I've learnt and everything now that I guess I'm passionate about and confident to, to share and teach people like it, it literally wraps it all together and it's, it's amazing. Mm. It was all meant to be. I'm a bit of a spiritually woohoo person so it yes. all sounds like <laughs> yes. and I used to, everything was for a reason. Yeah and I used to hate when people <laughs> said that like and I'd be like yeah you know what was that it's always generally around this time for New yeah. Year's when it's like um, you know you're, you're right where you need to be and all of those you know everything happens for a reason <laughs> I was like ugh like whatever voice, and yeah. but now when I look at it, it it's really true because without going through so many of the things that I went through I wouldn't be able to to do what I do and to be able to give 
I guess the advice that I can yeah. because of the experiences that I've had. So I really, yeah, I do, I, I do believe in that, that everything <laughs> happens for a reason and that, yeah, you are really, you know, right where you're supposed to be. So what did you used to do for work, if you mm. can dive into that? And then when was the moment when you knew to move to on? To switch? Yeah, to switch. So I love this question because I think I've got such a, I guess, diverse career history so like most people I started at a supermarket when I was like 13 yeah which is (laughs) and I think retail I really feel everybody should do retail and hospitality so they're the two areas that I started in um so yeah supermarket then I worked in a hotel when I moved to Adelaide from the Riverland where I grew up um then I at 21 decided I didn't want to be at uni anymore. I was studying medical science, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything that I ever wanted to do. (laughs) And I have no idea why I did that degree. Um, I did one year and I hated it. So at 21, I packed all of my stuff. I moved to Sydney. I had no job, no house. I just wanted to go. So I did. Um, and then when I got there, I, this, this is naughty and don't do this. I lied on my resume, um, and I got a job at a retail store. So, um, I said that I'd worked in, in retail. I hadn't, I'd worked at a supermarket, but I was like, how hard can it be? Like I've worked in hospitality. I can speak to people. Um, and I got a job in a clothing store, um, which was really cool. I was only with that store for about six months and then I actually got a job um, with Camilla, so the lady who designs all those incredible bright caftans. Yeah. Um, when okay, I worked, very cool. Yeah, very cool. When I worked <laughs> for her, she only had three stores, so it was like, you know, right kind of at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, I started doing visual merchandising and also editorial styling. So I, for her, I would do the layouts in her store and the windows, but again, they were, it was only small it was nothing like she has now which is incredible if you ever go into one of her stores it's like a it's a whole new does she have world. a store in Adelaide yeah, in, Burnside. It's in Burnside yeah I, I see it in David Jones obviously. yeah yeah but, but yeah. if you go into the one in Burnside like it's it's literally her own world when you go yeah, in there like they're so stunning cool. yeah it's they're really so cool pretty in there. yeah very pretty she's amazing at what she did and then so yeah that gave me um led into editorial editorial styling so working with magazines dressing models um I had some jobs working with bands, dressing them for events, functions, concerts, uh, which was amazing. And then I moved back to Adelaide and worked for Country Road. So I was a visual merchandiser for the Country Road group, which, again, incredible creative. Um, And then I got to a point where I couldn't really go any further in in Adelaide, but I didn't want to move back to Sydney or Melbourne or anything like that. Um, So I went for an interview at a recruitment agency just for a general job. And then they were like, why don't you come and work for us? Um, And that's how I got into recruitment. And I only recruited marketing, which was amazing. And I think because I had those creative touch points, I could really understand the candidates that I was working with as well as what the client's expectations were. Um, And I absolutely loved it. But my dream was always to to move overseas. And I was at that company for two and a half years. um, And it kind of got to the point where I... I was meant to go overseas, but it just kind of never happened. It was always like, yeah, if you do this, you can go. So I'd do that. And then it was like, if you do this, like the goalpost just kept moving. Um, so then I just thought it was time to, to move on. So I went to Mexico with some friends, um, went and travelled for a little while and then came back 
and I was actually meant to move to New York. I had all my flights booked and then COVID happened and that was the time where I kind of reached out to um, a coach and started working with my own coach and then this kind of naturally happened within the last 18 months, I guess, Mm -hmm. like starting working with a coach, figuring out what I wanted to do, you know, and then really as I started working with clients, as I said before, the full circle came back around. They always wanted to ask me about career stuff. They always wanted to ask me about confidence stuff. And then it naturally progressed into what I have now. Wow. Such a robust history. Yeah, it's so, it's like very random. It's very cool though. Yeah. You'd never expect it. Like if you spoke to you when you were, you know, working in Sydney or something, you would... Never, because there was no way in the world that I was moving back to Adelaide. (laughs) (laughs) And now I love Adelaide and like now I can't imagine going anywhere else, even though I was meant to move last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I often find that with people when they move interstate, for people who live here in Mm -hmm. Adelaide, when they move interstate, they love it and they do it and then all of a sudden they come back and they wouldn't go anywhere else. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, Adelaide has changed a lot as well since, you know, from when I left to when I came home. But there's something about Adelaide that I think we're, we're very lucky with what we have here. Like it's, it's small enough to still kind of be ho- very homely. But, you know, we've got those little bars that have popped up. So you can go for like a Wednesday night drink. Yeah. You know, we've got festivals. We've got everything that everybody else worlds. has. Yeah. A little bit of everything. Exactly. Um, and I think you know, on t- in terms of, I guess, what I do, the career side, it's a little bit, I guess stuck at the moment because of what's happening in the world but once we kind of get out of this bubble it's it's going to explode and there's so many more opportunities that we have here now that we've never had previously um and that's basically because we've learned that we can work from wherever and there's opportunities for companies to hire people here um lot 14 i don't know if you know too much about the new yeah space in adelaide like you know, they're bringing in Amazon and all of these, like, massive companies. It's, like, you know, science and space and defence. It's, yeah, you'll start to see a whole big shift in, you know, the career space, which means yeah. more money in Adelaide, which means, you know, more growth. I want to know, what is a PT for your mind? Okay, so <laughs> this one I love. Again, good question. So everybody, you know, if you want to get fitter, get stronger – all of that kind of stuff physically, you're like, great, I'll go to a gym, I'll find a PT, I'll help get somebody to help me reach my goals. So I do the same thing for people in terms of their confidence and their mindset. So it's exactly the same type of process. You partner with somebody and you get exercises that help you to to change your mindset. We never can go from where we are to where we want to be if we, you know, keep doing the same thing. So it's basically pretty much the same it's rather than working on your physical it's working on your thought process and changing the way that you think changing the way that you feel and then the confidence part that I generally so obviously that's what I talk about a lot Mm -hmm. is the confidence side of things but confidence is generally a byproduct of all of the work that you do so it's quite hard to do you know same as physical training it's quite hard to do that shift by yourself so yeah it's basically being a PT for, for somebody's mindset and being there to support them and be their cheerleader through that whole process so they're not alone. Awesome. So Hannah and I talked a little bit about we both have therapists mm-hmm. on our last ep- episode. Yeah. How is this different? It might be a dumb question. No, not a dumb question. Um, so coaching is very much different, um, I guess, to therapy. To be honest, though, I haven't worked with a therapist myself. Mm-hmm. It's something that I... 
I probably should do, but it's something that I, I don't think I've ever found the right person that I feel I connect with. Um, it's very much at finding that connection with the person. Yeah, and yeah. a few people have said that. But from, I guess, what I do, it's there's not the medical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit more... It doesn't always have to be surface level. It, it does get quite deep, it, but it also depends on my my client and who I'm working with and mm-hmm. how much they're willing to let me in. Um, but the main, I guess, point of difference is that that medical aspect. There's nothing to do with, um, you know, potentially diagnosing something mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's very much asking a lot of questions and I don't give any answers. So everything that happens in my coaching is the person's come up with the answer themselves. So everybody already has the answers. They know what they want, but it's like when you go to a friend and you already know what you want, but you just want that person to, you know, agree with you um, or, you know, give you a different option, if that makes sense. So coaching's more kind of like that. It's more like you're coming to, I guess, get advice, but I will ask you questions in multiple ways to get you to answer the question yourself. I think therapists do the same. I think they do that too, but... Yeah, I guess maybe in a different way. A little bit like that, yeah. I feel like that's definitely how my yeah. therapy appointments go. Yeah. Sort of thing. I think the biggest difference is probably, you know, that next level when it yeah. comes to um, – and that's probably something where, you know, I know what I can help somebody with and if it gets to a stage where I can't help them, I'm very comfortable saying, like, this is where you need to probably go and get that next level of help and it's something very different to, to what I do. Yeah. So you've heard a little bit about how you started your career, mm-hmm. really random to how you ending yeah. middle of your <laughs> career. Um, what kind of insecurities did you have jumping into, I suppose, starting in retail, switching to something completely different? Yeah, it's funny. Um, as I reflect on it, the younger I was, I think the less insecurities I had. And I think that came from literally packing up everything that I had in the Riverland and moving to Adelaide at, I think it was like two days after my 18th birthday. Um, and, you know, you're so innocent, you're so naive, you don't think about anything that can go wrong. Um, and then I kind of did the same thing at 21 and went to Sydney and everything worked out. And it wasn't until I started to get older um, that I think those kind of insecurities and fears started creeping in. And it was, to be honest, probably more around the start of social media so I in in high school I like I had a lot of issues I was bullied a lot and so basically when I came to Adelaide all of that stuff was gone I I never saw those people again um so those insecurities kind of left with that and then yeah same when I went to Sydney you know there was nothing that I was scared of um but then as you get older and as social media started coming in it was that comparison and so that's when my insecurities um, around whatever I did kind of came back into play. Um, was and it I th- more to people you knew or more people that you didn't? More people that I knew, yeah. And I think because, um, like, when Facebook started, all of these people from high school that I didn't even speak to anymore, <laughs> like, asked to be your friend. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, like, that's nice, I guess. Um And then seeing, you know, what they were or weren't doing. So sometimes, um, you know, it was also comparison the other way and me being really judgmental that they were not doing 
what I was doing. So it was both yeah. ways. But when we... Or a little bit like, yeah, I've won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and like really judgy, like, you're still in the Riverland. Like, <laughs> what a loser. Um, you know, and they're, they're, they would, they're extremely happy and, you know, yeah. they're living their life, which is amazing. And that's kind of a lot of the time where actually we lose our confidence is when we start judging other people. Um, because that's generally a, a reflection or a fear that we have. So, um, but yeah, my insecurities definitely come back around that time of social media. And um, yeah, I think coming back to Adelaide for me, so I moved back because my dad um, has motor neurone disease. So I wanted to be close to dad, um, but not a lot of people knew that. So for me, my, uh, like my biggest fear was that these people that I didn't even talk to anymore would see on social media that I moved back to Adelaide and think that I failed. Yeah. Yeah. So then all of those mm. insecurities started coming back, um, which is ridiculous. So but so funny because yeah. most of the people probably don't even care. Nor right. Like in everyone's scenario, not just yours. No. They're, they're probably scrolling. And go, oh, cool. She's in Sydney. Fun. Like and they, move on. Yeah. It's they such would like a have personal in your own head kind of thing. It, it really is, and it's this is um, and again, you know what I've been through is what can help me or help me help my clients because Absolutely. I've been through so many of the things that they talk about and have obviously been able to overcome it and that's where I guess those aspects come into play of how I can give advice or help people kind of figure out why they're feeling this way and how they can kind of navigate through it. Um, but, yeah, the biggest insecurities did come, yeah, back in Adelaide mm -hmm. and then obviously, you know, Country Road's an amazing brand. So, again, that was – it built my confidence because even though I wasn't in Sydney, I was working for one of the, the better retail companies here. Um, it was still very glamorous to, <laughs> I guess, to the outside world. So, it yeah. kind of fed that ego side that I felt that I still needed, like, to prove and to, to feed back to those people who probably <laughs> have no Dang idea man. or did not care. Um, <laughs> but it made me feel good. And then, to be honest, it was – when I went into to recruitment, it, it again, I went back to that, what I don't know, I don't know. So I had no fear because I didn't know anything about recruitment. I didn't know recruitment existed until I was in that world. Um, and I absolutely loved it because when you don't have any expectations, there's nothing to be fearful of, um, which is pretty cool. And it probably wasn't until I was, you know, two and a half, three years in that then you start, the fear starts coming up and you start, comparing yourself to other people that you work with. I worked in an office of like 60 people, um, someone who started at the same time as me, they might be doing better. So you're kind of like, well, why are they doing better? Why aren't I doing better? Um, but it all ebbs and flows and it depends on, you know, what's happening. Cause I, as I said, I was recruiting marketing. So one of the people that I was comparing myself to was recruiting in the mining boom. And I was oh. like, why are they doing so much better than me? And like, but, you know, why. yeah, but in that moment, yeah. you, you know, you compare yourself and it's not until you take a step back and realize like, you know, you're comparing apples and oranges. Somebody's working in an industry that's booming mm -hmm. and I'm working in an industry that's, you know, just kind Steady. of doing yeah. what it always does. Um, so I wasn't failing. I was kicking all the goals, all the targets that were set for me, but it's, you know, it's that comparison that we get in, in our own heads and kind of, yeah, it I runs away with you. Yeah. Mm. Uh, when we started the company, I was like, it'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know I didn't know. So, of course, it's not going to fail. Of course, it's going to be fine. And then you start your social media. Then you look at other people who are doing the same thing. Yes. Then you go to networking events and meet people who are running similar companies to you. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you kind of freak out a bit and you go, oh, mine's not as good as theirs. 
all this kind of I stuff. And you're like, wait, no. Yours is yours. It's a completely different thing. You have different niches, different markets. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm wondering if it's an, an age thing too. So I'm 21. And yep. so at the moment, all of my friends, some of them haven't been to uni yet out of yeah. school. We're, what, three years out of school. And they don't have any intention of going. And there's no judgment whatsoever. Yep. And then some, you know, just graduated nursing. And again, there's no comparison, no judgment. But my sister is 25. And she is always super paranoid about, you know, it's the age of people start to get engaged, yeah. people are having babies and all that sort of stuff, which is great for them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I look at her and I'm like, you just were working somewhere for six months and already yeah. got a promotion. A, a promotion. Yeah. Like, you've just moved to Melbourne. You've, like, travelled the world. You've been to Africa. You've yeah. been to, you know, lived in Canada. You've been to Europe. And But I noticed that she's really bad with that, with comparing. And all of her friends are like it. You can see they're like, oh, this person's doing this, this person's doing that. 100%. But I notice I'm, like, not at that stage yet yeah. where I really care about what, what you other know, I'm just happy doing. for my friends. Yeah. There's no, so I'm wondering if it's where that changes. I feel like it's because... For me, anyway, I'm a similar age to your sister. Not yeah. Quite 25, yeah. Yeah. But it's that's the age I thought I would do a lot of yes. those things at. I was like 25. It's the I'll be stereotypical. I'll be married. I'll tr be trying to have kids, and like it's creeping up in me now. So, um, as most of you guys would know, my partner and I split up. Um, after five years, and now I'm like, fuck, I've got two years. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's your really time. Have, that was I've, your timeline. Yeah, yeah. I have the rest mm -hmm. of my life, but two years to find someone, have a baby, yeah, <laughs> and get and married. I think it's. Partly, and I can say this because I moved away from Adelaide, and again, I love Adelaide, <laughs> but it's partly, to be honest, like it, it, it's Adelaide, if that makes mm. sense, because we are smaller. We're a smaller city. Um, everyone knows everyone. Yeah, <laughs> and like when I moved to Sydney, um, you know, I was 21 when I moved to Sydney. Some of my friends were kind of, you know, 28, 29. Um, they weren't married. They were single. Like they were still going out. They were, you know, working on their careers. They were doing whatever they wanted. And so I think whilst I was there, it wasn't anything that I thought about. And I didn't, yeah. you know, I had, I was the youngest, I guess, of my group of friends. Um, and then I came back here and I was 27. And I was like, oh, all of my friends are like, second baby, getting yeah. married. And that, yeah. yeah. I, and I think I'm like, my family as well never were like, when are you going to get a boyfriend? When are you going to get married? Like it never came up in my life. And I was saying to the two of you before, before we started recording, um, until I met my partner now, it wasn't really something that I was worried about. But I do have a lot of clients who that is something that we talk about a lot is like, you know, are they ever going to find a boyfriend? You know, are they ever going to get married? All of that kind of stuff because all of their friends are. And yeah, yeah it's, it's really it's, it's like this timeline thing that you, yeah. you have to tick it off almost before you're 30 100 percent. no so i for the record i'm 33 <laughs> so i got engaged at 32 which was like a month before my <laughs> birthday um but yeah so like and i was probably similar to what you were saying before coco like i've got two older sisters and so i always you know saw them and you know the same thing i had a timeline because i thought oh no i've got to do this you know 25 26 yeah. and then i got to 25 and 26 and i was like i i do not want any of that yeah and like yeah it really wasn't until i met patrick that i was like oh this is actually like what I want. I'd broken up with people before because they wanted to get married and I didn't. 
Like, and I was like, absolutely not. And so, you know, yeah. and then my friends would be like, it's so silly. Like, he wants to get married. No guys ever want to get married. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, but I don't. Like, yeah. I really didn't want that. So obviously not the right person, but yeah, they're really there is no timeline and I think that comes again from that society expectation again sometimes what we see on social media can make us feel like we need to do that yeah Yeah. exactly and also your friends are as well because all my friends are in committed relationships so yeah I was the first in a relationship first out yeah (laughs) yeah Um, so when it comes to like so one of my friends her baby's about to turn one she's getting yeah. married next year and another one living with her partner like they're yeah. all in those i don't know life-changing what moments. it looks like now yeah. is their partners forever who yeah. knows but yeah. that's what it looks like now so when then you see yourself and you just come out of that it's it's a little scary yeah, yeah. it is i and i've definitely like a couple of well two of my clo- three three of my closest girlfriends who are all my age and older all three of them have recently been divorced. Um, and so, yeah, they definitely are kind of freaking out slightly because yeah. the, the pool in Adelaide is quite small for, you know, men. Um, but, yeah, but at the same time, they were like, we can't, we don't want to be in a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship. Absolutely. So, and that I think was the same thing for me. I didn't want to be in it for the sake of having to do it because I thought that that's what every I had to do because everyone else was doing it. Um, and I, again, this comes back from when you do a lot of work on you and yourself and that mindset, that truly is when things change. And I think that if I'd met my partner five years ago, it never would have worked out because I wouldn't have thought that like I was good enough for him he's very nice and I would have been like you're too nice go away you know like that kind of thing that we do to you know to ruin the good relationships that we could have but it very much was a process for me to get to a point where I think I was comfortable in myself in having somebody who was that nice and that genuine and who I could I guess trust that was also a big factor for me but I think yeah it's that kind of not doing it because you have to but doing it because you actually really want to yeah because it's a big it's a big choice it is a big choice choice. Mm. it's very similar to how I am I would say I've got a big group of friends there's like 10 of us but almost all of them have boyfriends yeah and I've always just like not really been that interested yeah and I think it's just because I want to sort of work on me and focus on what I could do career-wise and then if it happens it happens exactly and like I don't want the pressure of you know I have to have a boyfriend soon because you know a lot of my friends they've had their boyfriends for a long time so they're probably going to be married and have a kid by the time they're 25 yeah um and I don't ever want to think just because they did that that you need to oh my god I have to do that too now and I have to make sure that I find someone in the next four years and all that stuff yeah to be able to do it I know um I was going to ask you before Coco you said when you started your business that you um then would compare yourself to other businesses yes is there a way that you stop doing that um so in the last five months of sort of like my personal growth phase I saw a therapist a lot yeah a lot of stuff happened and I basically just had to believe that I was the best yeah (laughs) (laughs) Not in the sense that I think I'm better than everyone else, but we, no. but yeah. we are like we. I can only be me, yeah. And 
I'm the only one who can offer what I can offer because yeah. no one else can offer me. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So then I sort of just had to be like, that is what it is. Yeah. I can't be, I'm not going to name other companies, yeah. but I can't be this person because that's not even who I am. Yeah, exactly. No, that's such a great way. I also um, do the old unfollow on oh, okay. Instagram yeah. oh, that's because I find that you absorb so much content in what you're interested in. So especially when I started um, – more so the coaching over the recruitment stuff because the coaching stuff, I guess, was newer to me mm-hmm. than the recruitment stuff. Um, so I would absorb, I would follow like all of these people and absorb all of their content and then unconsciously I would write stuff and I was like, oh, that sounds similar to like something else. And then I started realising that I was like, I guess, regurgitating? Is that the right yeah. word? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what they were saying. Um, you know, it would have my own spin on it. But then... Yeah, I found that it um, it changed me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I would literally yeah. unfollow people and just go with like my intuition on what felt good. And that's when I was more successful. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because yeah. I was being myself, like you just said, yeah. like very just focused on what I was doing. So, you know, I still like love them and think that they're amazing and I'm not unfollowing them because I don't like them. But it was like just what I needed to do to, to focus. Who you are. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so a lot of the people that I work with as well, it's something that we go through. Like, even if it's just for a little while, you can eventually, you know, follow them again later once you start to feel more, you know, comfortable in you and what you're doing. Because on one um, hand, you do have to keep a little eye out because they are competition or collaboration yes. or you're yeah. in the same industry. For me, yeah. you're in the same city, in the same yes. industry. So you've got to kind of keep an eye then, out, but it's just... Yeah, it's that, that balance, happens. exactly. And it's yeah. like once you start feeling it becoming a negative impact on you is when I was always like, okay, I'm just going to shut this down for a little while. And then, yeah, because you can always, mm-hmm. you know, look them up every now and again to see what they're <laughs> doing and not on. have to, yeah, follow them and get those constant posts and updates and things like that. But yeah, yeah that was something that I always found really helped just to kind of really focus on my thoughts. What's your advice to women trying to conquer the world right now who are experiencing self-doubt? Self-doubt, great. Yeah. So I think I touched on this a little bit before. Um, You know, often self-doubt is sometimes a reflection on the way that we judge other people. Um, But one of the biggest things that I would kind of, would always recommend them to do is, where is this self-doubt coming from? So, you know, as we spoke about before, mm-hmm. you know, myself in high school, that I've noticed when I started working with my coach, so many things that would come up, I'd sit and reflect on where they came from and they would actually be like things that happened in high school. So again, I'm 33, so that had been affecting me for that many years. And it's, But until you sit down and really reflect on it, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So I think if you're feeling feelings of self-doubt, sit down think about what it is where is that coming from so is it someone who you know did a boyfriend say something to you did a parent say something to you a friend like where did that stem from the other thing that I always say is you know re think about it and is it true so you know if somebody says um, I don't know something basic like you're not very smart is that actually true or is that just that person you know Mm -hmm. projecting onto you so you know you might be doing something you might stop 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 and get stuck and because you're in a I guess in a stressful situation that comment of that person saying you're not very smart is the first thing that's going to come and and flood into your head so just stop and you know think back is that true and then one of the most powerful tools that I get clients to do is to 
physically with a piece of pen and paper is to rewrite their story. So does that make sense? So like, you know, sit mm, there saying... As in what you want it to be? Or yeah, what what, both. Because a lot of the times, you know, those things that we're self-conscious of really aren't true. So, you know, for example, if it's someone saying, you know, you're not smart, but like, so, you know, sit down and, and write that, write that out. Like, you know, I am smart. Like, these are the things that I've accomplished. Like, write it all down. Or if it's something that you feel like you need to write, rewrite in terms of, you know, what you want it to look like, write it down. It's one of the biggest ways to be able to do it. So, you know, mine was, um, again, stemming from high school, and this is what I went through with my coach, was that I'm not good enough. And, you know, that was what I was always told by these lovely people that I went to school with. And then, you know, when I kind of sit down and look at that, it's like, what am I not good enough for? So, you know, whenever I did something or wanted to do something, I was like, oh, I can't do that because I'm not good enough. But it's like when I look back and if I really break that down, that's it's not true. Like I am good enough and their opinions don't really make any difference I mean I've not spoken to any of them since the day that we left schools but then I was like so why is it still affecting me like you know 15 10 20 years later and then when you sit and you break that down you can put it like literally on paper being like you know I am good enough like you know I have the skills the capabilities to achieve this this and this and then you know it's nice when you sit back and reflect on what I've done like I moved to Adelaide with no help I moved to Sydney with no help like so they're the things like really focus on the things that you've actually done that are fact rather than things that are just kind of spiraling in your head mm. that aren't necessarily true. I love that mm. advice so much. I always sort of jump back to it, but I um, coach and whilst it's my favourite thing in the entire world, I teach dance. Yep. Um, it's probably where I'm often most insecure, which mm-hmm. is interesting because you wouldn't think that I would be, you know, when I'm up the front teaching but there is you know I do calisthenics and it's very close knit yeah very community very competitive people talk you're always wondering when your team's up on stage what do they think do they like you know people and it's never the judges it's always parents and other people in the audience do they like my work Do, do they do this and blah 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 and it wasn't until literally last week I was sort of just like writing some you know reflecting on like last year and and all of that and I was like oh my god you know I've been coaching properly for only two years Mm -hmm. and my team won last year amazing and that is actually a huge achievement because in our club we haven't won in a long time and I was like I'm 21 years old I've only really properly taught by myself for two years and my second year of coaching I won that's so good and that's when I was like I kind of got mad at myself. I was like, as if I was so paranoid all year, yeah. second guessing myself all year. Yeah. And like they won. Like, and it, I just, and I'm like, okay, if there's anything I want to change this year, it is just to like trust yourself, the process and trust yeah. myself and not listen to any, you know, yeah. anyone's negativity behind me because it's just so not worth listening to. Well, and I think the thing is like, um, Congratulations, because that's amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I think, yeah, it's that self-awareness. So when you start to feel yourself, those negative thoughts coming up, it's the self-awareness to stop and just to give yourself five minutes to kind of think, is this true? I mean, like I always write it out because to me that it gets it out of me quicker. But, you Mm -hmm. know, even if you want to put it in your notes on your phone or if you just want to think about it and think it out. But like 
I actually write, you know, is this true? <laughs> no. And then, you know, write the, all the reasons as to like, why not? But yeah, I think it's that, you, this, the start of it is the self-awareness to be able to, you know, say, why is this happening? You know, I've realised that I'm not feeling confident about this. Where does that stem from? Yeah. yeah. It's a big thing. It is. It's hard. It is not yeah. easy. No. Not easy at all. I'm so concerned with being successful mm. that like, I constantly think I'm failing. Yeah. Where, what, why, like, what do you think success means to you and why is it so important? So I've redefined it a few times over the years. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was the moving to Sydney, corporate life, being in heels every day. And then sort of when my dad died a few years ago, sort of completely shifted to wanting to be a mom and going through all those motions. When that didn't happen, I was like, fuck, what do I have left? Yeah. (laughs) I ditched the career. Motherhood wasn't working. Yeah. And that's when sort of it all come t- tumbling down a little bit, which is what we touched on last week in, mm-hmm. in our mental health episode. Um, <laughs> so <coughs> now I think it's trying to merge those two things and yeah. be happy, have a family, have a, a career that I love. Yeah. And that's sort of what... Where you're ooh, on the path working to. Working towards now. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting as well because success is so different to everybody. I was just about to say yeah. that. Yeah. You could ask any person and, cha- and success changes is all different. the time as well. Like it does. Yeah. What I want today is not what I wanted five months ago. Well, and I think that, again, mm-hmm. is where people fall into a trap because it is actually okay to change your mind. And I think we've got this perception that if we set a goal, we're not allowed to change our goal. But that's so untrue. And I, I think, again, it comes from you know, comparison and society's expectations that we put on ourselves that if we say we're going to do something, we have to do it. And like, yes, that is important in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to you and your goals and what you envision, who cares if you change like a hundred times or five times? Like That's something I had to learn. Yeah. So much like you've told everyone since you were 10 that you were going to be in a high rise and like be doing all this career-y woman stuff and yeah but you you might be in another 10 years like yeah if if that's not what I want now then how is that gonna help anyone yeah if you stick me in a high rise and just cry every day (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing like and because I always said you know I wanted to work in fashion and you know technically I did so tick but that wasn't my what you meant that wasn't my vision when I would talk about that since we're starting the new year, let's mm-hmm. talk about balance. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to know? How do you keep the How balance? How do I keep the balance? Okay, so... And let's ignore the fact we're all working on a public holiday. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. But, however, in fairness, we all didn't realise it was a yeah, public holiday, so that's okay. Um, so I think it, this has changed for me a lot from when, obviously, I was working for somebody else compared to working for myself. Um, working for someone else, you obviously, you know, you're clocking it let's say nine to five. Um, and if you kind of not feeling it, like you can't, you can't really go anywhere. Like you're there, you're nine yeah. to five. Um, so my balance then was I would get up and go to the gym every morning. So being somebody who, you know, I've always kind of had anxiety. So the gym for me, it's literally probably the only time where I can just like not think about anything mm-hmm. else. So for me, that was a really important part of my I guess, corporate and career life was that routine. So like getting up, going to the gym, you know, having that time for myself in the morning. Um, and then on the weekends, like actually either not doing anything, which is incredibly hard. We were talking about this before, <laughs> um, you know, or making a conscious effort to catch up with friends. So I think, 
this was one of the things that I discovered with my coach, um, you know, from, again, from the high school stuff. I was like, oh, nobody ever invites me to do anything. And she's like, do you ever invite them? And I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they Good feel point. the same way. Um, you know, so it was a conscious effort to, to do the stuff that I loved and liked to do in the free time that I had. Um, and making sure in terms of obviously that mental health that I was going to the gym, I could see how much my life was impacted if I didn't go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously great for the fitness side of stuff, but for me it was that clarity of mindset to be able just to start the day fresh. Um, now that I have my own business, it's very different. I never, for me, like working in corporate, I, I don't know how... It, confuses me that not everybody can see this because I see it very <laughs> clearly but when somebody is not being productive it really like there's no point in them sitting at that desk if that makes do you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. get yeah. up and go for a walk so now that I've got my own business I think the balance for me is quite easy because if I don't feel like working I will not work like if I'm busy and I have to but in those moments I'm actually really motivated to be there and I love being there but on those days where you know I don't have as many things to do and I actually am kind of dreading being there I just actually won't work so I'll put an out of office email on and you know I'll go there's in no awesome. yeah and like it's I think some people think it's scary which I totally understand but I think there's nothing in life that is more important than the way that you're feeling and your mental health. So for me, you know, in my business, I can make money, I guess, any time that I work with a client, you know, I can make money, but it's, it's not about the money for me. It's about helping people. If I'm not helping myself, I can't help anyone else. So I've learned just not to force myself because... Yeah, I just feel like I'm so unproductive. I sit there staring at a screen for like six hours. I don't do anything. So I'm like, why don't I take this, go for a walk, hang out with my dog, like go see a girlfriend for lunch, like do anything else except for like force myself to be in a situation I don't want to be in. Because like why would you want to sit there staring at a laptop doing nothing? It's a waste of time exactly. all over, yeah. not just also, not working. Yeah. yeah, doing a job that would take 15 minutes, but it's taken you close to two hours. Exactly. It's just a way, like you could have gone for a walk and 100%. gone out for lunch with a friend yeah. and put yourself in a good yeah. mindset and then maybe come back and you could have smashed out that 15 minute job. Exactly. Done. And like, it was one of the things that was like the bane of my existence in the corporate world is that like, I, you, you know, you're not allowed to, you've had your lunch break. So, you know, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to leave again. Like you must sit yeah. here and you'd literally, I remember like so often I'd like just be scrolling through LinkedIn because I didn't want to do anything <laughs> else, but I wasn't allowed to like leave. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, like this is it was actually for me more stressful than if I could have just gotten up and gone for a walk outside um my you thing know. was editing reports so yeah. my job was like massive reports and I would just if I didn't want to do anything I would just look like I'm staring at this screen right. of a report and like change yeah letters. yeah exactly <laughs> and like so it's funny because I I want to build my business and I want to have a team and I was talking to one of the people who I want to bring on um and they asked, like, what are the hours? And I was like, to be honest, like, I, I don't care. Like, if you want to work Monday and Tuesday, like, cool. Then you work Monday and Tuesday. But, like, you know, you'll have targets to hit. Hit them in whatever way, time, form you want to hit them in. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, you will essentially, obviously, you're going to be working for me in my business. But I want you to have your own business within that, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, because that was the thing that 
you know, I, I do, I have to admit though, I, I do like the structure and the, the routine of when I worked in a corporate environment. Without that, I wouldn't be where I am now, but I'm, I've got this ability, well, not an ability, but I'm more successful now than I was then because I'm giving myself this space to go and do what makes me happy. Yeah. So I'm not constantly stressed and I'm not constantly like on edge waiting for stuff to happen. It just kind of happens because I'm letting it happen, if that makes yeah. sense. And do you work from home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you I work from home. Yeah. Work life and home life yeah. in the same space. Yeah. And when I was starting out, that was really, really hard because I would literally like wake up, not have a shower, go and sit at my computer and start work at like six in the morning. Yeah. And so I've had to go back to what when was I like what did I enjoy most about my life and I sat down and what I actually enjoy most is like getting up going to the gym like it doesn't always have to be like this morning I just got up and did some stretching but I you know got out of bed I stretched went and had a shower had a coffee you know all of that kind of stuff so I put the routine back in place I mean having your own business is not easy but this is a lot easier than I expected it to be if that makes sense and it's not you know in any business nothing is going to really impact if you have one day or two hours out of the business. You can always wait. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I liked what wait. you said about the hitting targets and stuff. Like yeah. as long as you get it done, yeah, that's e- obviously the main thing. Exactly. Um, and if you happen to just need an afternoon of just more chill yeah. stuff or, you know, going for a walk and you just say, you know what, I'll get up tomorrow and I'll do it. The exactly. First thing tomorrow morning and it'll yeah. be done by... 9.30. Well, and one of the things that I noticed in like my time, especially in corp- like, you know, the recruitment corporate was return to work mums. They kill it. So they're literally <laughs> there three or four days a week and would always outwork these people that were there five days a week because I feel yeah. like, you know, they've got, they've got a small amount of time. So they only give themselves, you know, that small amount of time to hit their targets where the other people, they're like, oh, I'm here a week. Like I'll just get to it. And they were, you know, again, I'd sit there and scroll through LinkedIn (laughs) because I had so much time. Whereas now that I'm kind of, you know, focusing that time on when I'm really motivated and passionate, I'm probably achieving more because I'm getting more done because I'm excited about it. And then on those days where I'm not in the best headspace and I really don't want to do it, like I'll go and get myself in the headspace ready for those days. And so like, yeah, when I was thinking about expanding the business, bringing people in, I was like, you know, they're adults. They can have the freedom of to do whatever they want. It, It makes no difference if they work, you know, seven in the morning to seven at night or from, you know, nine till four or whatever they want if they've got kids cool like I completely agree and if they don't want to be there they're not going to do the work anyway so exactly (laughs) and you're like pushing them to do something and they're like this sucks to the work probably wouldn't be as good either exactly well I always felt like when I had a manager who respected me I did above and beyond when I had a had a manager who I had to listen to because you know they outrank me I would just do the bare minimum and just what I had to do to get away mm-hmm. with it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I always kind of wanted to, yeah, if I ever have a team and staff, I want them to be in charge of what their life looks like. And everyone's life 
has some sort of busyness to it, like mm. per- personally. So to have that flexibility means they don't have to bring their stuff to work. Yeah. If they need that afternoon off, they can take it off, deal with it, and then come back fresh exactly. the next day. And we've got this like amazing invention called the internet and like <laughs> laptops. So you can literally work from anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that's another amazing thing. Like if you want to work from home, work from home like mm-hmm. it, do, it makes no difference you know obviously there's those things as I said you know, there's targets that everybody needs to hit but they're either going to hit them or not hit them either way like so they're either yeah. the right person or they're not the right person but yeah they'll figure out what works for them and I think that's probably one of the things that I wished that I had you know m- more ability over was how I used my time there Um, and especially I know you guys talk a lot about mental health and that's one of the things that I think so many businesses can do better is because you can literally see people stressed and nothing gets done about it whereas like literally go up to them and say go outside go for a walk like it makes so much difference but Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen and then it just kind of everything exacerbates and that's when you get stressed in your career and then you're like, yeah. I hate my job. And it's like, and if you just went for a five-minute walk just outside, walk, you'd be fine. Everything would be fine. Yeah. For me personally, that did happen in one of my um, first roles. It was corporate. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was all built up and ended up bursting into tears, storming out of the office. Right. This was in the middle of the city. Yeah. And then one of my CEOs had to come down and be like, what's happened? Like, what's happening? Because everything had just built up for so long. Yeah. And it was just like... But, and I, but I think that happened, like, as I said, I worked in an office of 60 people and that would happen on a regular basis. Yeah, you just see someone always crying at their desk. Yeah. It's not a fun, a fun no, time. No, and it, it's, yeah, and it's hard because they're like, talk about it. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't really want me to talk about it. Like, it's yeah. one of those things where they, you know, offer it to you, but it's not really there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to talk about it unless change is going to happen. Cause exactly. Because, like, what's the point of me just saying I hate everything if you're yeah. not going to change anything? Yeah. I'm just going to say it and then you're going to think I'm a psycho. Yeah. And then we're going to sit here for exactly. the next year. And it's going to be awkward. Well, I remember asking to work from home and I love I loved this story because it, now it just makes me laugh so much. And the company was like, um, we don't have the capabilities to do that. And then, like, a year later, COVID <laughs> happened. And I was like, this is all good. Now everybody works from home. So I was like, suckers. But it was because that it was, like, the, the control of that business. So, you know, mm-hmm. they very regimented, wanted to see, you know, everyone, wanted everyone in the office. It was, like, you know, very military style and now it just makes me laugh because everybody has laptops (laughs) everybody has phones there's all these capabilities to work from home and now they're struggling to get people back into the office because you cannot force people to come back um and obviously with the way that the world is at the moment they don't you know there's so many opportunities for them not to come back because you know it's a it's a stressful situation for a lot of people so they are allowed to work from home and now it makes me laugh (laughs) because like a lot of their it's like turned over and now they can't get their staff to come back to the office so I'm like oh Amazing. So Amazing. Good. So, Mel, we have a couple more questions left. These sure. are just our usual ones we ask everybody at the end of the podcast. Ooh, okay. So, my favourite <laughs> favorite one, what was your fuck up of the week? Oh, this week. Well, this week's been quiet. Um, I didn't have one this week, but... Let's do, like, your last work week because we've been in a little bit of a holiday. I'll tell... Um, I don't have one, so but let, I'll tell you my biggest fuck up of all time because oh, it's fine. quite funny. Oh, um, I hired somebody for a job who was on parole 
Yeah, so they were out on parole for fraud. Lovely. Yeah, so that's probably like my biggest fuck up of all time, which is still quite funny. Oh my funny. god, how did you how did you get out of that? How does yeah? Um, so it wasn't my fault technically, but I found out because the company who I placed this person with rang and asked if I'd ever spoken to the federal police, and I was like no like it's not my general practice and anyway then the federal police called and they're like oh he's actually out on parole they're like it was your letter of offer that you sent which was how we were able to track him down and arrest him um oh my God. but he was so good at what he did that he convinced a judge that his grandma oh. who was overseas had cancer so the judge actually let him out yeah and so then oh anyway so he's very good he was very yeah like yeah he was broad but very wow. good at what he did. So that was probably my biggest fuck up of all time. But that's a good one. Uh, yeah, my good. client was, thank God, my client was amazing about it. And this was like, I don't know, 2016. So it was a long time ago. Oh my so, God. but yeah, that was, um, my sister does similar work now. Yeah. And, now I've got to go home and say. But like he literally, did, he he did everything. Like yeah, references, well. like we met him in person. The client met him in person. Like, you know, we did everything that the normal process would be. Um, <laughs> he was just very, very good at what he did. What so that story. was fun. Yeah, that was the first ever job that I recruited. How good. This has been Christmas. Mm -hmm. What's been keeping you social? I like this one. And it's an interesting time of year to be social as well. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, family, like yeah. I said before, we went to the Riverland to see um, my family. So that's always a social catch up for me. I have uh, seven nieces and nephews and now they're kind of, it's quite funny, they're older than you guys. So <laughs> they've all got like girlfriends and stuff like that now. So that's always a social outing. Um, and then just my small close group of girlfriends here have caught up with them and their families for we had you know pre-Christmas Christmas, Christmas oh, and nice. on New Year's I just had two of the girls at my house and we had a Coachella themed party just the three oh, of us love it <laughs> that sounds great yeah, it was really fun but yeah that's that's really about it to be honest that's a lot though it's it is a lot seeing family yeah. and friends is yeah. always good and then yeah. I try and make it like an effort to you know, check in on people as well as much as possible, just the, you know, hey, going text and things like that. I love to do that. Yeah. I'm always, my friends always say that's the one thing. They actually said it at my 21st when yeah. I did a speech and she was like, the amount of times I'll wake up and it's just a random text from Hannah saying, hey, hope you have a good day. Yeah, it's, it's really like, nice. Sometimes I just get up and I'm like, shit, I haven't spoken to so-and-so in like four months. I'm just yeah. going to check my message. And I forget that I get up early as well. So like, yeah. I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to send you that text at 6 a.m. But yeah, to me, that's also quite social, you know, just keeping in touch. Yeah. Hmm. Even sure. if you're not seeing them face to face. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Mel. We've had so much fun chatting to you. Thank you for joining our podcast. We've loved having you on. You can get in touch with Mel at melecoaching.co for all of your coaching needs and at Mel E Career Consultancing. No? Yep. Yes? <laughs> Mel E Career Consultancy.com.au. Dot .au. I remember yep. dot .au. It's going to be live soon. It's a brand new website, so you should look brand spanking new. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> If you want to hear more from us, make sure you go follow us on Instagram at the Social Girls Podcast. See you next time. See you next time. Bye.